You're listening to Bloomberg Law. The legal fight over President Trump's proposed travel ban is about to heat is about to heat back up. Two federal appeals courts are poised to review the executive order, which would temporarily halt entry into the U.S. by people from six mostly Muslim nations. The first of those arguments takes place in just about an hour and a half at the fourth. Fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in Richmond, Virginia. Bloomberg News reporter Andrew Harris is outside the courthouse in Richmond for the argument, uh, and he will—he's here with us to provide a preview. Andy, thanks for taking the time. Um, the president generally has very broad power to determine who can come into the country, but two federal judges have blocked this policy. Tell us what the argument is against this proposed travel ban. Well, Greg, the argument goes all the way back to the days when Donald Trump was still a candidate for president of the United States. And he talked about imposing a full-on Muslim ban uh, for travel or entry into the U.S. were he to become president. And he wasn't the only one that said something like that. Uh, some of his uh, associates and advisors uh, said similar things. And by the time the first executive order was released on January 27th, it was widely perceived as following through on that promise, uh, regardless of what it actually said on the printed paper. Well, so how is the how are the government lawyers going to try to get around this? I mean, the, the record on what the president and his advisors said about this is pretty clear, and the judge seemed to rely on it pretty heavily below. Well, Greg, that's been a real problem for the administration. They struck out on the first executive order because they could not persuade uh, the U.S. Court of Appeals in San Francisco that this wasn't a Muslim ban. So they went back to the drawing board and they came back with a way more robust version where they laid out the whys and wherefores as to why the people that they wanted to keep out from specific countries needed to be kept out for at least 90 days while they enhanced their vetting procedures. And the argument they're going to make to the court is that that's the reason and that the judges are required to follow what's on the printed page and not look behind it at something then-candidate Trump said before he took the oath of office. Annie, there's been a lot of talk about the political significance of this case, the impact on uh, people who might want to be coming into the U.S., but um, what do you see as sort of the broader significance of the legal issues that are are coming before the court, in particular when it comes to the power of, of the president? Well, that's kind of the irony here, Greg. This Muslim ban or whatever uh, the administration wants to call it, was for a 90-day duration. There was a longer 120-day freeze on refugees entering the country. So this was going to be a temporary measure by its own terms. What's not going to be so temporary is this fight over presidential power and the court's ability to look behind an executive order to see what the president really meant as opposed to what he said. And that's going to be with us for a long time. Andy, one of the things that's unusual about what we're going to see in court here is that the full circuit is going to hear it without having had a panel review it first. Do you think that bodes better or worse for the government? Um, difficult to say. A couple of uh, Republican judges who would have been on the panel if all 15 active judges were hearing this uh, will not be. Uh, one of them, a Reagan appointee, J. Harvey Wilkinson, another, a Bush appointee, Allison Duncan. So the remaining court is made up of seven Democratic appointees, three Republican appointees, and three judges who in their careers have been appointed to a federal court 
position by either a Democrat and well, by both Democrat and Republican presidents. So it's skewing Democratic in appointees, but that's no guarantee of an outcome. Annie, we just have about a minute left, but can you just sort of lay out a maybe a timeline for us, or at least you know sort of discuss what will happen next? You have uh, two federal judges who have issued orders blocking this. Uh, does the Trump administration essentially have to win both the cases before both appeals courts in order to get this this uh, uh, travel ban into effect? Well, as you know, Greg, typically a circuit split, winning at least one of them, would probably ensure U.S. Supreme Court review. Given the gravity of the issues before the courts in this case, it is at least theoretically possible, also given the composition of the U.S. Supreme Court, that the court decides to take up the issue, even if the administration goes over two here and at the Federal Appeals Court in San Francisco next Monday. Okay, I think I think we're going to be talking more about this, Andy. Thank you so much, Andy Harris, no Bloomberg <laughs> Bloomberg News reporter. He's outside the federal courthouse in Richmond, where at two uh, thirty East Coast time today, uh, the federal appeals court is going to hear arguments on Donald Trump's proposed travel ban.